Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Last week, we began to talk about something, and the title of it was Highways. Highways. You know, out west, we call them freeways, but here they call them highways. And what we found out is that in the Bible, the word path, the word away, the word a road, the word um, if a, a course, if you, what we found out is that those were all synonymous in the Bible with the same Hebrew word for the word highway. So whenever you run into the word, and you're going to see it today, a way, a path, a course, and it, in figuratively and practically, it's talking about a way of living in a course, in a direction in our life, but that our life is like a roadway or a path or a highway. You know, 2021 was like a highway. Are you with me? It was like, and and I'm not saying that you weren't on a highway before that, but it presented exits. It presented some off-ramps. It presented some some different things. And and that realize that it it was like it is a highway. And there's even a a statement that maybe you've heard people say before, and maybe you're looking at them and saying, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of old timer. That's an old group. But the term is, that's a well-worn path. How many of you have heard that? You know, that's a well-worn meaning that it's like, oh, this person just kind of goes. That's just the direction they go. That's the path they take. That's just kind of where they go. Our word highway can be indicative of a long-term or a long-distance road. You can jump on the, the 94 right here and, you know, long-distance meaning you can go to Canada or you can go all the way down to wherever you want to go. And it's, it's indicative of a long-distance road. And when you think about it, I want to just read a passage in Proverbs 16, 17, and these are some foundational scriptures, but it says, the highway of the upright turns aside from evil, and he or she who guards his way, that word way there is the exact same word as highway. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it's the same word. But it says, but the person who guards their road or their way or their path or their highway, look at what it says. They preserve their life. Psalm 1611 says this, you will show me the path of life. That word path there is the same word, highway, road. You will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 27 verse 11 says this, teach me your way, O Lord. That word way is your highway, your road, the course, the path. He said, teach me your highway or your your course, God. Teach it to me, O Lord, and lead me in the plain. And even, there's the word, exact same word, path, because of my enemies. Last week, we made the statement that he's not talking about natural people in our lives per, per se, but that the Satan is an enemy in our life and that what he does is he steps back and looks at the course of our life and it directly impacts his ability to attack our life based on that. 
Uh, Psalms 139 verse 3 says, you search out my path. Think about that statement, that word path. Once again, is my highway, my road, the course that I take in my life. He said, God, you search out my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways. That word ways is the exact same word again, where God said, I, I see and I know. God says that life is like a path. It's like a road. It's like a highway. And at any given time in life, each and every one of us are presented with exits, with off ramps, with roads to take. Sometimes they're the right road. Other times they're the wrong road. You know, 2021 was representative of a highway. And I, I said that earlier. And that God talks about paying attention to the road or the path or the course or the highway that our life is on. It is gonna it, realize that it's gonna take us where we end up. It's gonna take us where we end up. And what we sometimes in our life, we have to intentionally align our will with the course we know God wants us to take in order to get where we know will be better. Look at what it says in Proverbs 4, 26. It says, consider well and watch carefully, there's that word, the path of your feet. In all your ways will be steadfast. That word ways is the same word. Will be steadfast and sure. See, we can love God, but our choices determine our road. They determine our course. They determine our highway. We can love God. We've all heard somebody say, well, you know, I love the Lord with all my heart. Or you hear somebody say, well, they are real good hearted. But what we've got to realize is it's not just our desires or even our intention, but it's our choices that determine the course of our life. And sometimes people look and they say, well, the Lord loves, of course he loves us. But what he does is he lets us make the choice. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and encouraged that said, how did I get here where I'm at right now? I would have never imagined that I could have got here. And they were meaning it from a, I've heard people say it from a positive, but then I've also heard a lot of people say it from a negative is they didn't get there overnight. But what it was is life has a way of trying to convince us to live on cruise control at a time when we need to grab the wheel and be intentional about the road that we're on. And that we, it, life has a way of just trying to just get us to cruise a little bit. And God lets us pick our path. He lets us pick our roadway or our highway for our lives. He will lead, but I get to pick. I'm the one that gets to pick. That's the whole will thing. And we found out last week, we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 30, is God had blessed the Israelites had provided for the Israelites and had led them right to the place where they're getting ready to go in to the promised land. And in verse 19 of Deuteronomy 30, God said, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. 
You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What I want you to notice, and this is, to me, it's, how many of you wish sometimes God would just take the wheel? How many of you know what I'm saying? Just take the wheel. Do you, anybody remember that old song, Take the Wheel, Jesus? There's an old, I think it's a trucker song. Um, but it's an old song, Take the Wheel. This is what I've learned. He won't take the wheel. He'll lead us and say, now I need you to steer in this direction. 2022, I believe God is saying, I need you to steer it in this direction. I need you to take the wheel. I need you to, I need you to stop. I've, I've planned it. I've provided for it. I've blessed it. But you get to pick the road. You get to pick the highway. You get to pick the course. And so really what I want to talk about as you think about this is we've all got options. Right now, all of us, we've got options in our life. But what I want to talk about this morning is how do we adjust our road or our highway? And the next thing is, is once we get on the right course, how do we stay on the right course? How many of you know it's one thing to get on course, it's another thing to stay on course? It's like you get on course and the enemy tries to knock us off course. But realize this, that first, just based on our upbringing, we already have a predisposition towards certain roads within our life, certain exits, all of us. You say, what do you mean? Because we, don't live in a, we do not live in a perfect environment. We do not live around perfect people. And contrary to what you might think, your parents or yourself are not perfect. You were not raised in a perfect environment. And so what happens is, is we were all raised in imperfection. Don't beat yourself up. Just acknowledge, get up and be intentional and say, okay, I recognize I have a predisposition towards certain roads in my life based on whatever it is, and Jesus, I need you to help me because I know that if I let go of this steering wheel, this baby's going in the ditch. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so just to be able to just stop and say, okay, I know I have these. I mean, I can look at myself and just tell you right now, I know this might be shocking to some of y'all, but I struggle with being too strong-willed. I know you're shocked, okay? I, I realize you're shocked. Uh, maybe on the other side is sometimes I struggle with being impatient. Is there anybody else with me? You know what? I, I struggle with being impatient. So I'm like, come on, 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 come on. I walk up to the grocery store line and I'm assessing the checkers. How many of you know what I'm saying? That one is slow. This one is fast. And God inevitably puts me behind the fast one for them to have to do a price check and the slow one passes them up. And what is God saying? Chill out. Just chill out. Just chill out. How many of you know what I'm saying? I, sometimes I know myself. I can be too direct and it can come across harsh. It's not my, I know some of you are shocked. You're like, oh, I would have never guessed. You're so soft and gentle. How many, you know what? <laughs> I don't need to go on. How many of you know what I'm saying? But it's the Lord growing me. And there are times where we can relax 
and we can enjoy the scenery. And then there are times we need to focus on the road and we need to stay on course. Because if we don't, we just drift into that. We just kind of drift in and a year goes by and we're like, what just happened? What was the deal? And so last week, and I'm not going to unpack this again, but we talked about number one is you have to commit your way to the Lord. I didn't say your heart. I'm believing you've already done, you've already committed your heart to the Lord, but your way. I know a lot of people who have committed their heart to the Lord, but the highways and the exits that they take, it's a reflex and they need to grab the wheel. They need to stop. And you can just jot this scripture down. Proverbs 16, three says, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust him wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to be Become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Number two is where I want to start today, and that is this. Apply myself more than I feel like it. I'm going to have to apply myself more than I feel like it. See, if we don't watch it, we run our life solely based on feelings rather than based on trust based on principles, and based on the promises of God's word. And so we solely, we live in this kind of an an environment. How many of you have noticed that all advertising is geared toward your feelings? And if your feelings get hooked, you go there. And sometimes we have to stop in our life and say, I'm going to apply myself more than I feel like it. Feelings are great passengers in the car and occasionally I'll let them drive but they were never intended to be the main driver of my life they were never intended I'll let my feelings drive when you know I'm thinking about oh where can we go to eat or oh I'll let them drive but I'm not gonna let them drive in an area that I know it's like oh that's not an area to give in to my feelings how many of you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. Do you remember Jesus in the garden? Do you remember what he said? He said to God, is there any way I can avoid this? Do you remember that? He said, what was he saying? He was saying, God, I'm not feeling this. God, I don't want to go here. I'm just not feeling it. We've all had those times in our life where we know what God's saying, we're just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. Should I date that person? What does God say? Oh, I feel like (laughs) you better not give in to the feelings. How many of you know what I'm saying? Should I go where we just stop? And what it is, is we've all had those times, but Jesus didn't stop there. What he gave us is this example that there are going to be times he is the son of God, the most anointed person to ever walk the earth. And what he basically said is there are going to be times that you don't feel it, but you got to do more than what you feel like doing. You've got to do more than what you feel like doing. And Jesus, basically, he didn't stop there with saying, I didn't feel like it. It's not a sin to tell God, God, I don't feel like doing that. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of you have ever been in a situation and the Lord says, I need you to stop right now. Close your mouth. How many of you know what I'm saying? Just stop. Just stop right now. And you say on the inside, Lord, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. How many of you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can take that path, but it's not pretty. It's not pretty. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, okay, not my will, but God, 
I'm going to do what I don't feel like doing right now. I'm going to do it. And you remember, um, and you can just jot this down, but in Matthew 16, when Jesus told Peter what he was getting ready to do, that he didn't feel like doing. He didn't tell Peter he didn't feel like it, but he began to explain, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. Peter pulls him aside and rebukes him and says, no, this is never going to happen to you. I want you to notice that Peter agreed with Jesus' feelings against what God wanted him to do. And Jesus stopped and corrected Peter and said, you don't realize it, but you're partnering with the devil right now and trying to convince me to not do what I know God. Realize this, that real friends in our life, godly friends that truly love us will push us toward the right road. They won't make us feel comfortable on the wrong road. They won't make us feel comfortable on the wrong road. They'll push us toward the right road. You know, there's a joy that's out there that might, it might be difficult right now. We might not like it right here, but doing the right thing always pays off out there. It always pays off. And that if we give in, though, to our feelings, many times what they do is they take us down the wrong road and on the wrong interstate in our life. I like, how many of you like Joyce Meyer? I like Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer said, you know, there's, um, there's, there's two types of pain and suffering. Two types of pain and suffering. The first pain and the first type of suffering is what you have to feel while you're doing what you don't want to do. It's the first type of pain and suffering. And you're like, this is a pain, this hurts, I'm suffering, but I'm gonna do this. That pain goes away. But the other type of pain and suffering is one that lasts for the rest of our life because we didn't do what we needed to do. How many of you know? And so then we're like, this is a pain and it's lasting too long. See, when we know what we need to do, the wrong question to ask ourselves is, do I feel like it? That's the wrong question. Proverbs 4, 26 says this, mark out a straight path. That word path is road or highway for your feet. Stay on the safe path. That's a road, highway. And so realize this, that when we see we've been on the wrong exit or the highway, we just got to stop and go all in. And this is what brings me to number three. Number three is be wholehearted because that's the life that truly sees and senses God. And I'll even throw this in there. That's the life that's truly blessed by God. And I'm going to say it again. Be wholehearted because that's the life that truly sees and senses God. You know, we were created to be wholehearted people. That's the way that we were created. I think it's interesting that when you talk about in the Bible, there is a principle that transcends both Old and New Testament. There's a principle that transcends when there was never sin on the earth with Adam and Eve. You see it in Noah's life. You see it in Abraham's life. You see it when God spoke to Moses about the Ten Commandments. And then you see it, everybody in between. And you see Jesus talking about it. And it's very simply this. What was the very first commandment? Love the Lord your God with half your heart. Talk to me. 75%. 95%. All your heart. 
He said, love the Lord. And then Jesus said you could sum up everything that God wants from our lives in two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. He said everything could just be summed up in those two things. I mean, and I like to say it like this, is it's love the Lord your God with all your heart is wholehearted living. Wholehearted people are fully present where they're at. They're 100% present where they're at. Half-heartedness is frustrating to any area we let it in to our life. Half-hearted. If you're married and you're half-hearted in your marriage, you're going to live frustrated and not in God's best for your life. Real, what half-hearted is just kind of like, well, what's going on? Uh, where are you going? Uh, what's happening? Uh, where you, you got to play? Uh, that's half-hearted. It's half-hearted. This is what I know, that when I go out with my, my wife on a date and we have a date night, if I am half-hearted, it screws up the whole evening. How many of you know what I'm saying? If I'm half-hearted, if I go out and she's like, and I'm over there and I'm on my phone. How many of you know what I'm saying? I'm on my phone or I'm over there and I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about this, but I'm not fully present with where I'm at. I love technology, but in my opinion, there are certain things that technology has done and one of them is it has caused us to be more half-hearted because we have so many distractions in our life that we're not fully present in anything. You can text, you can instant message, you can, you know, because of cell phones, you can call, you got social media, and people are like, you're sitting there doing something, someone sends you a text, and if you don't respond in three minutes, they send another one. Why haven't you responded to me? It's been three minutes. It's because I am fully present where I'm at, I'm focused where I'm at, I'm not going to go die vision, and when I'm done where I'm at, I will read your text, and I will respond. But I am going to be wholehearted right where I'm at. When you're at work, be wholehearted, 100%. Give your best where you're at. I know somebody in this church, <laughs> um, I won't say their name, but they crack me up. Um, they've taken upon themselves to teach the next generation work skills because they said they don't know how to work. And so they pay them and they, they pay them. But what they said is they noticed that they showed up and they, when they showed up, they said they're, um, for the first, you know, half of their time, they're pulling their pants up. They're pulling their pants up. And so they, they went into their truck and got some rope and cut some rope, tied it to a belt buckle and tied it to the other one and pulled it up. And they said, I paid for both of your hands, not one. How many of you know what I'm saying? You can't work with two hands with one hand pulling your pants up all the time. And I remember going, I said, how did that work? And they looked at me like, what do you mean? That's the way it's supposed to work. And I was like, do you have any of them quit? You know, but anyway, I was, I was just laughing. See what, I think sometimes in our life, we're not wholehearted. We're just not. We're, we're not, we're, we're kind of like, we're at work and we're thinking about being somewhere else. Or with our family and we're distracted on our phone or texting or thinking about something else. I'm even going to throw this out. When you go on vacation 
you should be wholehearted in your vacation. Unplug it. Just unplug it. God created wholeheartedness. That's what we're supposed to be. We will only get the most from the season we are in if we're wholehearted. And we have to stop and say, okay, I realize that wow, I've just been kind of distracted. You know, relationships, when you're with somebody, are, are they there or are they just kind of like a, a blur? God's like, I am so glad God's not like that. Oh, did you say something? Were you praying? I'm sorry, I was over here. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. How many of you know what I'm saying? And, and we will never walk in all God intends for us unless we're wholehearted in the place and in the season where we're at. You know, I'm just going to, for the sake of time, James chapter one is he's talking about asking God for wisdom in our life and direction. And he said that when we ask, he said, don't be double-minded or half-hearted because that person is unstable in all of their ways. And what he's basically saying is, is you got to be wholehearted, fully focused and dialed in. Don't be double-minded. Number four is this. Anxiety is usually the fruit of a bad root. It's usually, I didn't say always, but it's usually the fruit of a bad root. You say, what do you mean? Anxiety is a control mechanism. I'm not in control, so I'm anxious. I'm not in control, so I'm anxious. And you know, you, you think about it, is this is where faith and trust come in. I am not at all advocating be irresponsible. I am not at all advocating don't do your best. I am not at all advocating don't apply yourself. But what I am saying is none of us are in control. We have to trust God is in control. And when you think you're in control, you're a prime candidate for anxiety because the moment it gets out of your perceived control, we get anxious, fearful, and worked up. This is where trust and faith come into our life, where we stop and we say, Lord, I, I realize that maybe right now I've been anxious because of. See, this is where faith and trust, they must come into our life. We apply ourselves, but then we trust. I apply myself, but then I rest. I apply myself, and then I say, God, you've got me. Okay, you've got me. Look at what it says in Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Now look at this statement. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along, there's that word, path or highway or road of everlasting. I think it's interesting that anxiety and anxious thoughts directly affect our path, our road, and our highway. And that God is saying, 
realize that I want to help you with that anxiety. See, its root system is anxiety, fear, and worry. It's just, it, and if we, you know, if we look at what the Bible says about anxiety, do you realize how many, how much medication today is out there that is anti-anxiety, anti-worry, anti, to help us when God is saying, excuse me, but I have an antidote for that. And the antidote is trust me. The antidote is do your best, be wholehearted, apply yourself, and trust me. You'll sleep better, you'll have better attitudes, you'll, ha you'll be refreshed in your life, and you'll see me greater in your life. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, they were talking to him, and Jesus said, look at the birds. Have you ever seen a stressed out sparrow? That's pretty much what he said. Have you ever seen a stressed out robin? I don't know about you, but if I was a bird in winter in Michigan, I'd be stressed. How many of you know what I'm saying? You look and 12 inches of snow just fell on it. I'm supposed to find a seed and all this. How many of you know what I'm saying? And, but he said, have you ever seen one stressed? God provides for them. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, is he said, cast all of your worry, all of your care, all of your concern once and for all on him because he cares for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through verse 8. He, he basically said, you know, whenever you're facing anxiety, whenever you're facing worry, I want you to bring it to me and anchor your thoughts on what's good, lovely, truly. I want you to anchor your thoughts. He said, God doesn't want us. And you know, when you think about it, when anxiety knocks, faith must answer or anxiety will always grab the steering wheel to the next season in my life. It will grab the steering wheel. And before we realize it, it was just a, a reflex in our lives. And God is like, okay, I want to go deeper in your trust and in your faith in me. And the last one, number five, is this. Is God's best has challenges. And the challenges always reveal my highways. They always reveal my roadways. You say, wait a minute. I thought God's best was going to be stress-free. Nope. You're going to face stuff. You say, well, why would you say that? I'm just going to give you a scripture. I'll quote it while they're coming. But in Matthew 7, Jesus is talking about being a doer of the word and not just hearing it or knowing it, having mental knowledge of it. And then he said this, the person who does it is like a person that built a house and they dug down deep and put the foundation on a rock. He said the person who heard it and didn't do it, this, they're the type of person that they built a house, but they laid the foundation on the sand. And then it said this. It said, when the storms came and the flood arose and beat against the house, they said the house that was built on the sand collapsed, but the house that was built on the rock, it stood. I think it's interesting that both houses went through the same storm. Sometimes we think, well, if I, if I just love the Lord, then I'm not going to go through stuff. I'm not going to face anything. 
You know, it's just going to be, life's going to be easy. If your pattern is to run and hide when it's hard or when it's difficult, there's going to come a point where the Lord is going to challenge you and say, you got to realize the difference between where you're at and where you want to go is your pain threshold. Is your pain threshold learned to embrace me and grow? Or is your pain threshold, when it gets hard or when it gets difficult, we question God. We question life. We go by our feelings. God is saying, excuse me, but the blessed road, Jesus said it like this. He said, the road that leads to life is constricted by pressure. We don't like pressure. I don't like pressure. How many of you, if you like pressure, you need therapy. How many of you know what I'm saying? We don't hope, give me some more pressure. We don't like pressure. But I want to tell you something. Life is about pressure. And it's about learning to put legs to my feet on the road that I'm on and say, God, I realize that right now I'm at the beginning of 2022. And I can see some roadways. I can see some highways. I can see some reflex paths that I've taken in my life that have led me to where I'm at right now that I need to soften a little bit and begin to say, Lord, I realize that what you're saying to me is you're saying to me, number one is I'm going to commit my works, my actions, what I do to the Lord. Number two is I need to stop and say, Lord, I got I just got to go all in. I just got to go 100%. I just got to go all in in my life and in my heart. I got to just in my life and in my heart just say. And the next is I got to just stop and say, I'm going to apply myself more than I felt like it this past year. This past year, it's been really easy to go on feelings. How many of you are with me on that? You know, it's someone, I was talking with somebody, and um, I said, how are you doing? They said, I'm trying to shed my COVID weight. <laughs> I said, what do you think? They said, well, COVID, you know, I just put on an extra 15 pounds during COVID. I said, how come? They said, because I could go nowhere. I was just kind of, oh, I want some of that. How many of you know it? I'll take some of that? I'll take some of that. Well, it, what it was is COVID presented a road. How many of you are with me? And, and maybe in your life right now, and I'm just going to, God is saying, how about if we right now just stop and say, okay, God, I realize that right now I'm on a major interstate and you want to illuminate the exits you want me to take and you want to give me the courage to not take the exits I'm tempted to take in my life. Amen. Stand up if you would. I don't know who this is for, but Somebody here, you've been crying out to God. You've been just saying, God, I need you. I need you. God just answered you this morning. Not because I'm great, but because he's great. And what he did is he turned the light on. And he basically said, maybe you've been seeking for a fantasy life with the absence of, and things are just going to happen, and stuff is just going to fall into place. And today, what the Lord is pretty much saying to us is he's saying, I got an incredible life, but I'm going to let you pick the road you want to go on. It, my plan's already blessed, but you will have some adversity on it because the enemy will try to knock you off course. Or you can say, you know what, God? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in. 
Just lay your hand right now once again on your chest. Lord, all of us have been raised down here in this imperfect world. Around imperfect people, maybe with imperfect parents, imperfect environment. And Lord, we are well aware that it's rubbed off on us. We're not going to beat ourselves up. We're not going to condemn ourselves. But what we are going to do is realize that you came for a higher life. You came for a better life. And Lord, what we want is your ways in our life. We want your highway. We want your road. We want your plan. Because Lord, when we breathe our last, we want to be able to smile and say, oh, it's been sweet. And Lord, today we invite your Holy Spirit to get involved in our course, to get involved in our path, to get involved on the road we're on, to get involved in maybe an exit that we've taken that you wanted us to take or maybe you didn't want us to take. And we need you to help us. We need you, Jesus. And we invite you. Teach us, Lord, the balance of applying ourselves, doing the best that we can, and trusting you. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is here. I thank you for everyone that's joining right now online. And Lord, I pray that as we are right now at the beginning of 2022, that this would be the beginning of transformation in an area of our life. Thank you, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, realize that the first step to having God in your life is not, oh, I gotta get rid of this. Oh, I gotta overcome this. The first step to having God in your life isn't fixing yourself, isn't doing naturally per se something but the very first step is on the inside coming to a place where we recognize that I am a sinner. I have made mistakes. I am separate from God, but God loves me. He cares for me and he sent Jesus to pay for my mistakes. And so I need him right now and I wanna give him my heart and give him my life and invite him to come in. You're here today and you've never done that and you know it, you know it. I wanna pray with you right where you're at or maybe you are but you have but something brought you into church and you're just like, I need a new start, I need a new start today. I wanna to pray with you right where you're at but if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand to the Lord. By lifting your hand, you're responding in a natural way to the Holy Spirit moving on your heart. One, two, three your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to lead us in this prayer. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I'm so grateful that you went all the way and you paid for my sins. I'm asking you, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. 
be the Lord of my life. I give you my past. Help me, God, to not go the way of the past. I give you my present, and I invite you, breathe on my life, and I trust you with my future. Help me, God, to know you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.